Uh, for the next seven weeks, we shall be looking at the I am sayings of Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. You know, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank and praise you that you sent your son Jesus, who says, I am all of these things. And Lord, as we just fix our eyes on Jesus today, I pray that you will open our eyes to see who he really is. (laughs) Amen. So if we look at our next slide, I'm going to keep on going through the slides pretty quickly today because there's so much to look at. And um, today we'll be looking at, firstly, the significance of the words, I am. And then, uh, secondly, the seven places where Jesus said, I am. There were seven places where he said, I am. At Jacob's well, at the Sea of Galilee, at the temple, at Jerusalem, at Bethany, in the upper room, and in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to try and go through all of them this morning. It's like seven sermons in one. We'll see how we go. Uh, It may feel like I'm throwing a lot of information at you today, but hey, we've got seven weeks following to sort of try and dig deeper into it and spend time with it. So, So this is just like a quick overview of like everything. Um, <laughs> so, um, so let's crack straight on with our, our next slide. Uh, God's name is I am. And uh, God appeared to Moses in the burning bush and Moses asked God, what is your name? Uh, now Mick has kindly agreed to help me this morning by, uh, by being the voice of God. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask him to read. Thank you. Exodus chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. God said to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Wow. So that's his name forever, and we're to remember him by that name. So first of all, God says, I am who I am. He's talking about his, his essence, his very nature as God. And then he says, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So that's his name. His name is I am. So then why then do we have the Lord, the God of your fathers. Why are we calling him the Lord if his name is I Am? Well, if we can have our next slide. Uh, I'm going to say thank you to Luke straight away for for being handy on the slide today. Thank you for that. Um, God reveals his identity as I Am. God calls himself I Am. In Hebrew, it's A-Y-A. I'm not sure whether I'm saying it correctly, but it means I exist or I am, but in, when we call him the Lord, actually in Hebrew it's Yahweh and it means he exists, he is. Yahweh, he is, he exists. That's what we're calling him. And the Jews were so worried about saying that name because they were worried about blaspheming and saying the name of the Lord in vain. They, they would say, well, we'll just call him Adonai instead. Adonai seems a simpler name and Adonai means the Lord. So that's why it's always translated as the Lord, but actually... It's Yahweh, it means he is. He is, that's his essential nature, he is. 
There are, in the Old Testament, nine places where God says, I am he. We're going to read them all today. Well, Mick is going to read them all today for us. Uh, That's why I've invited him to help me out. Uh, In Hebrew, it's anihu, a phrase that is only spoken by God. Only he says, I am he, anihu. And when it was translated into Greek, it it became ego eimi. Now, uh, okay, you may not remember all of the Greek and the Hebrew, don't worry. But I'm just explaining it now because eimi means I am. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, eimi, eimi. But when you're coming to God saying, I am he, then... They wanted to put the word ego amy, because ego means I, I am. It means I am being emphatic. I am ego amy. That's how they translated it in Greek, which is important because every time we see it in John's Gospel where we see the words ego amy, that's Jesus saying, I am emphatically. And that's what we're looking at today. The time, not the times when he says, Amy, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. The times when he says, Ego, Amy, I am emphasis. And when we see it in the Greek, well, we, we'll go through it because we don't always see it in our English Bibles. But that's why it's important to look at it today. So to recap, God's name is I am. God declares, I am he. And Jesus declares, I am, ego Amy, emphatic. So let's go on to our next slide. Let's crack on. Uh, Our first bit of evidence is at Jacob's well in Samaria. Uh, This is in in John chapter 4. And in verse 7, Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink of water. And Jesus immediately introduces the question of his identity in verse 10. Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God... And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. In verse 12, the woman's wondering, who is this guy? And she says, are you greater than our father Jacob? Remember, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And she says, are you greater than Jacob? She's wondering, who is this guy? And then by verse 19, she starts to get, well, she thinks he must be a prophet, In verse 25, she says she's waiting for the Messiah, Christ. And in verse 26, Jesus says those words, ego eimi, I am the one speaking to you. I am. Now, in our English Bibles, it's normally translated, oh, yeah, it's it's me, it's I, I, or I am he speaking to you. But but in the Greek, it's it's I am speaking to you. I am the one speaking to you. Why is that important? Well, I'm going to ask Mick to read our... Our next reading, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 6, the Lord God says, therefore my people shall know my name, therefore in that day they shall know that I am he who speaks, here I am. I am he who speaks, here I am, says the Lord, and these The Lord is saying, in that day, they will know, I am he who speaks. When it was translated into Greek, it was, I am he, the one speaking. And Jesus says, I am the one speaking to you. Is he just quoting from Isaiah? Is he just declaring himself as the I am from the Old Testament? Well, we need more evidence, don't we? (laughs) We need more evidence. So let's, uh, let's go on to... Uh, the next slide, and, and I'm going to start with some Old Testament background now. Um, after being released from slavery in Egypt, the Israelites were being chased by the Egyptians, and 
In Exodus chapter 14, Moses said, don't be afraid of the Egyptians. And you remember the story, God sent some wind and he parted the waves and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. And then God provided bread from heaven, manna, through the wilderness. Through that time in the wilderness, he provided bread from heaven for 40 years. 40 years later, we see a similar story. God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, cross the Jordan River, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And God parts the floodwaters in chapter 3 of Joshua, and the Israelites cross the Jordan. And when it gets to chapter 5, the people eat the produce of the land, and the manna ceases. So, the recap is, don't be afraid, cross the waters, and God provides bread from heaven. Then don't be afraid, cross the waters, eat the bread of the land, and the manna stops. Well, while we're looking at this Old Testament background, I want to introduce Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51 is an interesting chapter. In verse 10 of Isaiah 51, Isaiah says to God, he's remembering this story, he says, was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? So Isaiah is considering this story and pondering on it and thinking about it. And then God responds to Isaiah. Mick, you're up again. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 51, verses 12 to 14. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass? And have forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. And you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy. And where is the wrath of the oppressor? He who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit. Neither shall his bread be lacking. Wow. So that's how God responds in Isaiah 51. He he says, I'm he who comforts you. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid, Isaiah? And then he says, he who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit. Neither shall his bread be lacking. And so he's, he's talking and reminding Isaiah of what happened, how the people didn't need to be afraid and their bread was not lacking. That was how God revealed himself to Isaiah. Well, let's, uh, let's go on to our next slide and we'll look at uh, the evidence at the Sea of Galilee. And we see in John chapter 6, what happens first of all? Jesus crosses the sea in a boat. There he is crossing the waves. And then Jesus feeds the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. So in this wilderness area where there's not enough bread for the people, Jesus just says, I'm providing you with bread. And then in verse 16 to 21, Jesus crosses the sea by walking on the water. I'm going to read from verse 18. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, I am... Do not be afraid. Again, ego eimi, those words 
as he is walking on the water, and they're terrified because they see him walking on the water. Who is this person coming towards us? And he just says, I am. Do not be afraid. He goes on in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 41, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Steve's going to be speaking about this next week, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But again, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just Jesus revealing himself as the I am. But we've got seven weeks to dive into this, so let's, uh, let's crack on, because I've got so much to share today. Uh, so let's look at the evidence at the temple. The evidence at the temple. And here we have in John chapter 8, uh, if we have the next slide, please. Um, in John chapter 8, we have five emphatic I am statements. So in verse 2, Jesus goes to the temple and he meets the woman caught in adultery. And all her sin and shame are brought to light. And uh, it's interesting, in John chapter 3, verse 20, John writes, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest their works should be exposed. So this woman, all of her sin and shame is brought to the light, but Jesus does not condemn her. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But in verse 13, the Pharisees say to him, hang hang on, you're bearing witness about yourself. (laughs) Your testimony is not true. You need two witnesses. So in verse 18, Jesus counters that, I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. And then in verse 23, he says something astounding. He said to them, you are from below, I'm from above. You are of this world, I'm not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Nick, you're up. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Ah, that's the word of the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful promise? I am he who blots out your transgressions. I don't remember your sins. But Jesus comes and says, unless you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. Who is Jesus making himself out to be? Well, this is the question, isn't it? Who is this guy? In verse 28, Jesus said to them, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And these people are just wondering, who on earth is this guy? Verse 53, they ask, are you greater than our father Abraham who died? Remember that woman at the well? Are you greater than our father Jacob? And these guys, are you greater than Abraham now? 
<laughs> Who are you? Mick. You might as well just stay standing up. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12 and 13. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am he, I'm the first, and I'm the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. Yeah, stay standing. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, they just want to stone him after that because they know the significance of what Jesus has said. They're sure that he's committed blasphemy. They know it. You know, the Greek word for was is genesthe. It means came into being, generated. Before Abraham was generated, before he came into being, I am. Can we have our next reading? Isaiah chapter 41, verse 4. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and the last. I am he. Who's done this? Okay, you sit down. Who has done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, I am he. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was generated, <laughs> I am, I am. I hope we're getting, starting to get a picture of just who Jesus is, but you know there's so much evidence in John's Gospel, and I don't have much time, so we're going to carry on looking at our next slide. We're going to look at the evidence at Jerusalem in John chapters 9 to 10. Uh, in John chapter 9... As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And Jesus heals the man, the blind man. Later in chapter 9, the Pharisees question the man about Jesus, and then they cast him out of the synagogue. The Pharisees answer the man born blind. They say, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. All they could see is his birth. All they're thinking about is his birth. He was born blind. He must have sinned. His parents must have sinned. And now, however many years later, and they're still thinking it. But Jesus hears that the man was cast out and he goes searching for him. He goes searching for him. In chapter 10, uh, Jesus talks about how people can search for and find God. He says in chapter 10, verse 7, I am the door of the sheep. In verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. This is how we can find God. That guy was thrown out of the synagogue. How could he enter into God's presence? Jesus says, well, I'm the door. <laughs> I'm the door. You can enter into God's presence through me. But then he also addresses how he searches for and finds his people. He, he searched for that blind man, 
when he heard that the man had been cast out. And he says in chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 3 and 4. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. Amen. And Jesus says, I am that good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. And he reflected that father heart of God. He reflected that heart of the I am in his actions and in his words and in his love. Let's look at our next bit of evidence at Bethany. Our next slide, please. In John chapter 11, you know the story, Lazarus becomes ill and he subsequently dies. And Jesus says he's going to go to Bethany to wake Lazarus up. And in verse 16, Thomas believes that all the disciples are going to be killed at Bethany. <laughs> That's all he can see. Because near Bethany is quite near Jerusalem. And all of the uh, Pharisees were against what Jesus was doing. And they were going to stone him because like, he's already said he is the I am. And they just want to kill him. And so uh, Thomas is absolutely sure death awaits them at Bethany. Bethany is that place of death. That's all he can think of. And he well, okay, let's just follow Jesus. Jesus seems to be going there. Okay, let's go there. We're all going to die. Great. But at Bethany, Jesus turns things around. At Bethany, Jesus tells Martha, Lazarus will rise again. And then in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39. See now that I, I am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I am he, God says. I kill and I make alive. I have life and death in my hands. And what did Jesus say? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Who is this Jesus? Who is he? Well, I hope the evidence is pointing you to a verdict. But you've got to make up your own mind. So let's look at more evidence. Evidence in the upper room. The next slide in John chapters 13 to 15. This is um, the final supper is in the upper room. And Jesus starts talking about the immediate future in chapter 13. In verse 18, at the Last Supper, Jesus explains that he will be betrayed. And in verse 19, he says, I'm telling you this now, before it takes place, 
that when it does take place, you may believe that I am. We'll come back to that in a minute. But then he starts talking in chapter 14 about our future in heaven. In chapter 14, he explains that he's going away to prepare a place for us. And he declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And as we're thinking about the identity of Jesus, in verse 9, he says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Wow, who is this guy? Who is he? Make up your own minds. I know who I think he is. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. We're going to have a sermon about that in a few weeks' time. So, um, in verse chapter 15, he talks about our future on earth with him. Because we're still here on earth. He's up in heaven. We're on earth. But Jesus says, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him... He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, we'll have a sermon about that in a few weeks' time. But let's return to chapter 13. He says, I'm telling you this now before it all takes place. I'm explaining stuff before it happens. So that when it takes place, you may believe that I am. Jesus speaks of the future. And he wants them to witness it and see it and then believe that he is. Okay, Mick. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. You're my witnesses, declares the Lord. You're my witnesses. I've chosen you that you may know me and believe me and understand that I am he. But Jesus says the same thing. He says, I'm telling you stuff so that when it takes place, you may know that I am. I want you to know that I am, he says. I want you to believe that I am. So I'm telling you stuff beforehand so that you may know it and believe it. And understand it. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay. We've got one more slide. It's been a bit of a whirlwind today, but there's so much, uh, so much information. It's wonderful. Just who is Jesus? Who is he? He is the I am. So we look at the evidence in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in chapter 18 of John, uh, the soldiers arrive to arrest Jesus... And Jesus asks, whom do you seek? And they replied, oh, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am. Ego eimi, emphasis, emphatic I am. And what happens? Oh, they grab him because like, they can do that because, yeah, that's the guy they want. Is that what happens? No. No. Because as soon as Jesus says the words, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. Just by him saying, I am, the soldiers just draw back and fall to the ground. There's something happening here. Just by him saying the words, I am.
Jesus could have easily used his power to save himself. (laughs) But he doesn't use his power to save himself. Jesus asks, whom do you seek? And they reply, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I told you I am. So if you seek me, let these men go. And John says, this was to fulfill the word that Jesus had previously spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I've lost not one. Jesus could easily have used his power to save himself. But he chose to use his power to save others. That's who Jesus is. That's who he is. That's who he is. Mick, our last reading. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10 to 13. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I'm the Lord, and besides me there is no saviour. I declared and saved and proclaimed, when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I'm God. Also henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? Also henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. In Hebrew, it means snatch. Nobody can snatch you from my hand. Once I've got you in my hand, nobody can take you from me. I work. Who can turn it back? I save. Who can disrupt that salvation from occurring? Nobody. Jesus says, I told you that I am, so if you seek me, let these men go. Let these women go. Let these people go. That's his salvation. That's what he did for us. Isn't that awesome? That's what he does for us. That's what he did for us. I'm just going to finish with a a quote. Uh, It's one you're familiar with. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. And in verse 18 of John 10 he says, no one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.